Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Professor is In podcast. My name is Kel Weinhold, and before we get started, just a quick shout out to our sponsors who make the podcast possible. And that sponsor is you or somebody like you. But if you are not yet a sponsor and you enjoy the podcast, we'd really appreciate your support. You can head on over to bit.ly slash our pod and sign up for only $3.99 a month and you get a private network and a whole bunch of access to us. So bit.ly slash O-U-R-P-O-D. Come on down. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Professor's In podcast. I am Dr. Karen Kelsky of The Professor's In, and as always, I'm delighted you're here with us today. And I'm Kel Weinhold, also of The Professor's In, also delighted that you're here today. If you would like to support our podcast, you can become a subscribing member. Just this morning, I put up our newest episode onto the private Mighty Networks page just for subscribers. They get it first, hear it there, see it there first. You also get a, uh, every month you get a free recording of a webinar uh, worth $50. We take a vote on the page as to what webinar people want that month. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some LinkedIn options coming up soon. So yeah. Head on over to, and I'm going to let Kel say the address, bit.ly slash O-U-R-P-O-D, bit.ly at our pod, not at slash, bit.ly slash our pod. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right. Come on over. So today's a little bit of a um, free fall for Karen on the podcast because I called her up and said, hey, I have an idea for recording and uh, it's going to be about productivity and then I got over to where we record our podcast and said, hey, I'm going to use you as the guinea pig. And she still doesn't know what it's about. So we'll see mm. how this all goes, okay? Yep. There might be a lot of stops and starts that you won't even know about. Well, that won't stop me from having opinions. <laughs> Since when does Since when does anything stop you from having an opinion? From having an opinion. So, um, so here's the thing. The, the, my goal for this podcast what I what the episode is called is play to your strengths, mm-hmm. and the episode's called that based on a conversation that I had all last week with the people that I coach, and I do individual coaching, um, and I do group coaching. So you can work with me in thirty minute increments by yourself, or I also form small groups and do coaching, and that comes out of the Unstuck program, which you can find out about on the professorsin.com. So that's the great long intro. That I saw something coming up over and over again with people this last week, or at least it coalesced in my brain, Mm -hmm. of each of them getting to a place that they were stuck in their work. Mm -hmm. And at that stuck place, switching to self-doubt, self-loathing, self-castigation, I don't even know Mm -hmm. how, right? Right? Mm -hmm. So they got to the stuck place and... The the option they choose they chose to get out of it was to sort of push themselves harder, beat themselves up, ask wave, you know, the proverbial shouting at the sky. What is wrong with me that mm-hmm. I can't just finish this section? Mm-hmm. So I got to thinking about um, how we ask ourselves to be experts at everything. 
mm-hmm. and how the academy drops you in and then tells you from day one that you're supposed to learn how to be good at all aspects of being an intellectual. Mm-hmm. And then once you get a tenure track job teaching as well. But let's just stick with the intellectual portion and the writing portion. So you're supposed to know how to research. You're supposed to know how to organize your research. You're supposed to know how to write your research, submit your research, you know, and you're supposed to be equally good at all of them. Does Mm -hmm. that sound, do do you think I'm right there? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, did you ever, when you were in graduate school, did you ever hear anybody say, well, yeah, you're really good at research and you don't have to be as good at organizing it. It'll just work. You're just going to get help with that. (laughs) No, there's no help. The assumption is there's no help. You have to do it all yourself. But it's not only just that there's no help and you have to do it all yourself. It's that, and when you, and and if you can't, you don't belong. Right. And if you can't, you don't belong. And if you don't get great at all of them, Mm -hmm. then you're a failure. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I started thinking, you know, and I've said on the podcast that I use coaching about elite athletes as Mm -hmm. my, as for coaching academics. I got to thinking about like if we expected every athlete to be ev- good at everything, mm-hmm. right? So right. basically, what I realized is like the Olympics would just be the decathlon mm-hmm. because everybody would have to be good at running and jumping and throwing. Well, yeah, I'm taking that a different direction though. I mean, I'm taking it. You know what? It's so funny. You and I swim laps. And every so often, well, actually quite frequently, there's the masters or some type of swim team who are there when we come to swim our laps. Mm-hmm. And the coach is standing and the people are swimming and the coach will talk to you if you address, you know, if you speak to them, they'll be like, yeah, they'll look at, you know, they'll, they'll watch you. I don't never want them to watch me, but in any case, they will. But he was saying to a friend of mine um, who was like, look at, will you look at my stroke and, and give me some pointers? Cause I'm unhappy. And he said, sure, I'll do that. And she got in the water and he said, so, you know, with swimming, it's always something, you know, it's always something. There's right. always something. And I thought that's so funny because it's true right. because am I breathing right? Am I, was my arm, right arm moving, right? Is my left arm moving right? Or am I kicking right? Are my feet doing the right thing? All of these things. Mm-hmm. And, but the, and then I thought, but that's not just swimming. It's running, it's hitting a baseball. Right. I mean, there is no enterprise that it isn't always something. Well, and I'm really glad you, know? you said that. Because well, wait, I'm not wait. quite done, though. I'm not quite done. Because where I went with what you said was not so much that we'd all be doing the decathlon, but that there really wouldn't, that in the Olympics, everybody would sort of still be jogging, or like or making the same times they made in 1920. Because the fact is, all of the coaching has been about technical improvements of oh, every oh, oh, oh. single thing. Yeah, I wasn't even going down that road. That a person needs to do for whatever their sport is. Well, and then the, let me just stay with swimming for a second and put it back more in the way I've been thinking about it. And, and it's actually better, so thank you. You've, you've improved my delivery of this point when I work with somebody again on it. Um, we, if you were, if swimming were being in the academy, you would, you would, supposed to be exceptional at a crawl and a breaststroke and a backstroke and a butterfly. Mm -hmm. You should be equally good at all of them Mm -hmm. to be able to call yourself a swimmer, Mm -hmm. right? Although, I mean, if you were on a swim team, there would be like, oh, you know, Sam, he's, he's, his butterfly is so good. Right. Like 
someone would be better. Right. Than so the, well, and I think that happens at the academy too. Oh, she's such a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the way her mind works. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the way they're they put together these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, but but I think it it would be unreasonable at the level that of competition I'm talking about that you would compete in every event. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, You're for sure. Be an expert in a thing. Right. 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 You usually don't. Right. So if we step back and the, so the first step that the first thing I wanted people to do, and, and this is kind of a play along challenge folks. So if you want to get out a piece of paper um, and play along with this podcast, I think it could be really insightful for you. So if you take your work life and, and exclude teaching right now, let's say your intellectual life right now, and you Let's, the first step we're going to do is to list your strengths. When you look at your intellectual life as a scholar and what that entails, what do you consider your strengths? So write that down, everybody. What do you consider your strengths? So like one of my strengths is I am extremely good at taking disparate pieces of information and bringing it together and saying, that's like this and like this and like this. Though I didn't do as great a job with the Olympic thing, but it's... You know, mm-hmm. I tend to pull from lots yeah. of fields and I bring it together, right? Mm. So when you when you are like have your chest out and are crowing, mm-hmm. what what do you think? I'm really good at. Mm. I think I'm good at. Um, well, you know, it's been a long time in a way since I've done a classic scholarly project. So a lot of this is colored by my work as the professor is in. But you know what I was always good at, even as a brand new professor or a grad student, and it got me into enormous trouble with my very conservative advisor, was that I was just willing to say what other people wouldn't say and that was not considered okay in, in my milieu, which at that time was a pretty conservative field of Japan studies that mm-hmm. hadn't really moved forward very much in terms of racism and sexism and issues of power. So like I got wind of it at, cons- at uh, conferences or my reading and I just said, oh, well, clearly this belongs. We have to now apply this here. And I did. And then, uh, so I guess, I don't know if you'd call it a kind of fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, would. I mean, I say that's one of your, one yeah, of your significant strengths that's, is like, that's something you're like the, you're like the fool in the tarot deck, mm-hmm. right? You're like, yeah. like just stepping into the abyss sort of blissfully unaware and also open to anything and i'm a blunt object right so like if you're looking for nuance (laughs) i'm not the person to go to wait wait wait. let's not go to that yet (laughs) right so but the other thing that i would say that 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 you are exceptional at and you're you're so exceptional at it that you don't understand that it's a skill is your ability to conceptualize the shape of a piece of writing that you very, very quickly say, this is the idea that needs to be put out there, and this is the way that would be effective to do it. Mm-hmm. So you can sit down and say, okay, I have to do a you know, 50-minute podcast, or I mean a 50-minute webinar mm-hmm. on this. I want these five points. I want these things. I'm going to mm-hmm. use these as the examples. And so your conceptualization part of the, of the four parts of a project mm-hmm. is really, really strong, mm-hmm. right? I've always felt like it was the closest... I ever came to the experience of synesthesia. Uh-huh. It isn't, right? But it's akin to it because it's almost like these things that are intellectual abstractions mm-hmm. have a very tangible physical reality to me. Like right. so that it always feels like sculpting, and I so that 
there's very much a this goes here, that goes there to right. create this right box so, or this right. sculpture, whatever. So if you take that, so you take mm-hmm. your strength, right? Here your strengths. And now when I do this with clients or groups or whatever, and I say, now tell me your three weaknesses of the three strengths, I have to sit there forever while mm-hmm. they stare off into space. I'm like, mm, no, really, not. this might be a strength. And then we get to, right, you know, in other people, with, but not in me. Weaknesses, and it's like, <laughs> right? Um, and, and I really want to caution you because I had this happen a few times this week. Publications is not a it's not a weakness. It's mm-hmm. not a skill weakness. It's a CV weakness. So mm-hmm. make sure if you're writing down your mm-hmm. weaknesses that you're writing down what you feel like you don't do well. Mm-hmm. You can find what you don't do well if you explore where you get stuck. So follow the line to something that you've wanted to do, wanted to finish, wanted to write, wanted to study, and find the place that you got stuck mm-hmm. and you'll find this part of you that is less developed. And you're going to hear me switch language now from weakness, which I don't really like, to strength and thing that isn't as strong, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the first shift in people thinking I want to challenge people to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to redo that. I'm going to redo that. So that's the first shift in thinking that I want to challenge people in in this little training session. Mm -hmm. Think of your strengths and your habits that are not as well developed. Right. So not not as strong yet. Not as strong yet. Mm-hmm. And also what that does, uh, sort of what I want to do in there is also challenge you to look and see if you have bought the core belief that you should be good at all of them. Mm-hmm. That's really the most important thing. Because right. that's, that's the core of imposter syndrome. Right. And it's also comparing other people's outsides with your insides. And it's also comparing accomplished academics with you where you are. I remember in grad school seeing a new ethnography come out and it was very, uh, it was a splashy publication and I looked at it and I was like, I'll never be able to write anything like this. And, um, and one of my cohorts said, not now, <laughs> not now, because you <laughs> you're just like a started. third year grad student, you know? And, and <laughs> what I'm making the argument for is to go one step beyond that, which is not now and maybe not ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will always be the 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 tool that is mm-hmm. not as sharp. Mm-hmm. And that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's a reasonable yeah. response. The goal and is... And actually, I didn't... My ethnography... I would say, and I don't think this is what imposter syndrome or false modesty or whatever, I don't think my ethnography was as sophisticated as that one, the one that I eventually wrote. Right. Because that actually points to a an aspect of me that is less well-developed, which is being the blunt object that I am, it's a little hard to get nuance. Right, right. And being sure mm-hmm. leaves less space to to question and be, you know, you can be like... Mm-hmm. So, so folks out there, you should have a list of, a, let's try for three things you're really strong at mm-hmm. and three things that you feel like you need to develop more that are not outcomes, but they're the way that you work. Right? Yep. Okay. Now here's the test or the thing. How can you use your strengths to help shore up and build your underdeveloped habits? How can you say, I'm really good at this, and how can I use it to make this stronger? Right? So mm-hmm. um, if we go back to swimming, right, you may have a really good 
arm movement and your kick is for shit. Mm-hmm. Or you may be have you know have habitually breathed to one side and you're trying to work to the other side but you have a good steady stroke so mm-hmm. you're not going to fall to the bottom of the pool <laughs> if you practice i will tell you from my own experience <laughs> that when you try to practice breathing on the other side which i'm trying to do just so my neck isn't tweaked mm-hmm. um i have to remind myself that i can swim right <laughs> well then i'm not going to drown because you get a little short of breath right. you get a little and yeah, i think sure. it's really a great metaphor for it you're going to try these things and be like huh, huh, huh. it's like it's okay because you're going to bring your strengths in to support mm-hmm. your weaknesses yeah. right so how do we find them we talked about this on a podcast way back early is the the cycle of productivity right there's ideation conceptualization production and celebration Little side note, celebration is not, now I'm going to clean up my desk or now I'm going to put all my files away. <laughs> oh, you know, I can't wait to clean my desk to celebrate. That's Your brain is like, really? This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give me chocolate. You're going to mm-hmm. make me work. So mm-hmm. if you look at those four things, leaving out celebration because we know you all suck at it, mm-hmm. what, what is your strength? If For you, Karen, if you look at ideation, conceptualization, well, and I just thought I was running out ahead of you. I have always known that one of my great strengths, because I see the world in black and white, right? and I hate nuance, um, and I'm very, very attuned to conflict, I can go into bodies of work that I don't really want to engage with because I don't really want anyone to tell me other things to think beyond what I think myself because I'm arrogant that way. But... I take that thing of my sensitivity to conflict and black and white thinking, and I basically say, okay, if I have to figure this shit out, then who's mad at who? Mm-hmm. Who's mad at whom? Mm-hmm. And the and as soon as I as soon it's very clarifying, very very clarifying. Oh, you guys all think this, and you're mad at those guys who all think that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and once you know the sort of the power struggle and the the, the beef. Mm-hmm. who's beefing and why mm-hmm. over what mm-hmm. then you begin to see okay so this guy has a foot in the one faction but he's trying to talk across the divide this guy has both feet in one faction not trying to cr- talk across the divide and here's other people who are trying to get beyond the divide and it's it, it's a very um effective way to it's a way that you don't get lost. The biggest, the the problem for grad students in particular, but anybody trying to master a new literature, is that you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. So you have fifty different pieces of writing, right? And you think all fifty of them are things you have to remember in and of themselves as distinctive arguments. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if, but my technique, for better or for worse, I'm not saying it's the best one, but it always worked for me, is that basically in those 50, you really only have two factions. You have mm-hmm. two sides, <laughs> and then you have a, some people who are like kind of muddying the waters. Mm-hmm. But if you get it down to really it's only like three groups, mm-hmm. then it's much easier. Then, it, then you have a, an organizational principle. Right. So, so for me, as a coach listening to that, what I hear is that you're, is it back to that conceptualization thing? Mm-hmm. You're e- it's really easy for you to conceptualize things once you can put it into a structure, mm-hmm. right? Which may mean that ideation, which is that free floating, letting it come in, thinking about it, like being, having it be like star sparkles is mm-hmm. not going to, is, is only going to, you know, overwhelm you, right? 
So you and there is a place for it, and it does happen, but it's it's not my happy place. I like stuff to be nailed down pretty fast. Right. So you can see you have figured out a technique to get you out of the of the place where you don't feel as strong mm-hmm. into the place where you feel mm-hmm. as strong, and even use it as a technique for ideation in a way. In a right? way, yeah. Right. It puts you in dangerous territory because. Without that floaty around spot, there could be people over here having a whole discourse that you've missed altogether. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely And racist. certainly, I personally have had an opportunity to explore that a lot, and especially in the last few years, really trying to look at how my education and my, how, you know, colonized my mind is, uh, basically, yeah, right? right? And so what I may come up with as the two discourses mm-hmm. may leave out 12 that mm-hmm. my colonized mind was told to ignore. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. so, right. but you have seen that you, you figured out the technique. So the technique mm-hmm. is if you understand, like I'm really great at ideation. I'm not saying I am. I'm, but you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that, that, but if that's what you're really good at, like I'm good at thinking about this and, and drawing these things and I'm doing all that. And now it gets down to conceptualizing how it's supposed to be put into something, and that's not my strong suit, right? I can see ideation and I can see production, like this should be this, Mm -hmm. but the organizational part of it can sometimes really stop me cold, Mm -hmm. and it stops me because of insecurity. It stops me because of what I was talking about with one client today, fear of committing, and fear of choosing the way to do it. Because mm-hmm. I can see, because I'm really good at ideation, I can see 25 mm-hmm. different directions that this particular thing could go. And you and I have had this conversation literally countless times yes. in our time together. Yes. Because, And I'm like, okay, so let's do this one thing. And you're like, well, no, because I'm not sure that's best. I'm like, it may not be best, <laughs> but it is a way. Right. And let's just get it done. Right. So we can say we did it. Right. And if it doesn't work, we'll try a different way after that. Right. And this is where what what I want to suggest to people today hmm. is that when you get to a stuck place, and I think people get stuck in two ways. They get stuck right before the entrance of something with a fear of entering it. So mm-hmm. there's the stuck right at the entrance and I can't start. Mm-hmm. And there's a start and get stuck. And I, and I imagine it like those canyons in Moab where you always see people hiking in those skinny canyons. Right. And they just go a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, I'm stuck. The, the path to both of those is to step back. Mm-hmm. So when you step back... What you want to do then is say, okay, and if we could do this without shame, if we could do it without expecting we're supposed to be great at all those, if I can say comfortably, yeah, for me, it's like how to do it. I'm great at this and I'm great at the outcome, but picking like just go this way. I can go back to my ideation strength and say, okay, put your ideation strength to structure mm-hmm. and imagine structure. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with Unstuck, right? right? I was all out here and I was like, okay, now imagine the structure. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have the structure. Oh no, it's starting to feel, okay, now imagine this. And so I was able to use my strength to be able to do that thing. So that's one, is just go to their strength and mm-hmm. say, how can I, mm-hmm. just like you would if you were talking to a student mm-hmm. you, and you recognize their strength. Well, why don't you try this? I don't know if this is useful, but in swimming, my, going back to swimming this time has been so fascinating because I swam for like 15 years 
And I was never particularly good at it, and I didn't have a strong stroke, but I enjoyed it, and it was very good for me. And then I quit for a long time, and then I just went back to it this summer. And the difference this summer is that I have been dancing for almost 10 years, and so I have tremendously strong leg muscles now that I never had before Mm -hmm. as an adult. So you have a kick. And so I have a kick. I never, And I didn't know how bad my kick was, really, until retrospectively now I look back and I'm like, oh, my God. Because now I know what a, a better kick feels like. Mm-hmm. And it's like I keep telling everybody who will listen to me, I have an engine in my <laughs> butt. I have a butt engine. I'm so excited. And it really, and so I don't know if this is in any way pertinent, but by having a strong kick, I'm actually able to do more experimentation with my arms right. and try different things. And I don't get fatigued. And And I've been amazed at just all in all how much better an experience it is but the strength that I'm drawing from did not come from swimming. Exactly, exactly. It came from this, I was dancing with my dance community, which I was doing for a whole set of other reasons that had nothing to do right. really with fitness or, or strength or muscle building. It has to do with this community. And anyway, so it's really interesting how capacities like cross over. And I feel like that's sort of what you're saying. And I'm saying, I am saying that. And, I'm, and I think, you know, that's a perfect example of how you can break down the component parts of swimming, just like I'm asking you to break down the component parts of creating a project or writing and say, this is a part that I'm not particularly good at. And unquestioned, I'm just going to go along and do my thing and not feel bad and not feel great, but compare myself when I'm in the pool, compare myself to someone else and just be like, eh. and when we can step out and say, I can go over here and strengthen my ability to kick by doing something that's that develops that muscle mm-hmm. that isn't that thing instead of constantly doing the same thing, thing yeah, yeah. and expecting a different result right. and so i'm really interested in that moment mm-hmm. where you are where you are working you're pushing for results and getting none you're right. pushing and getting no results that so it's time to sort of it's time to draw from a different set of resources right. not the same old academic ones that you know that are overdrawn right. at this point so the first part, like I said, was is to look at your own strengths and see what mm-hmm. I can do with them. So you, you looked at your own strengths and went a different way, and now it's come back to this. The other one is to look at the at your strengths, look at ways that you can get help. And there is not a mechanism in the academy mm-hmm. to go to somebody and say, I feel really weak at outlining, could you help me? No, there really right? isn't. But there are lots and lots and lots of resources that if we didn't carry shame about not being able to do it, we would use our intellectual skills to go fine. Mm-hmm. We would say, conceptualization's really hard for me, so I'm going to go read three books on how to, uh, how, you know, the Google project, how Google does a project. In fact, that those four things, I think, are from Google's oh, wow. project, how they initiate a new project. Mm. Yeah, I made that up. I know that's related to it somehow. Mm. I'll come back to it some other time. But what I'm saying is step back. Mm -hmm. Get yourself out of the narrow place where you're stuck. If you're getting no results, step back. Gas up your strengths a little bit. Walk around saying, you know, I'm good at this and this and this. But also ask for help from others, either written or in person. Right. The vulnerability of going to someone who has to be safe. We know many people are not. But should, if you feel safe with someone saying, could you teach me how to outline, please? But the other thing, too, is that you can sneak around that in the way that intellectuals love to talk. Mm-hmm. 
So say, for example, you've reached a part in your chapter where it's not, you can't quite grasp how it's going to go. Totally within the bounds of the academy to say, hey, Susie, I have this idea along the lines of what we were talking about. Can I run it by you and Mm -hmm. get your feedback on my thinking? And people love to come in with their thinking and they love to come in with their opinions, right? Mm -hmm. You can come in and say, I'm going to say something to you and I want you to say it back to me to see if it's coming across the way I think it's going to come across, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I'm making this argument and I'm doing A, B, and C, but I can't quite get to D. So let me run them for you and tell me where you'd go, right? People love to give you their opinions about how you should be doing your work. But the reason I said is like floating your strengths a little bit is because if you feel battered and bruised by the academy and you ask for feedback and somebody adds critique in there, it can knock you way off. Mm-hmm. So you, your word is perfect. Find the person it's safe. Mm-hmm. It's not always your mentor. Mm-hmm. Rarely it's your mentor. Rarely, right? Mm-hmm. Even a fellow grad student, if you're yeah. just practicing saying, how, do, how would you conceive of this? Mm-hmm. You know what's also helpful? And this is, again, reminding me, again, of going back to my core strength, which is being very attuned to conflict and black and white thinking is that one of the most inspiring things for me throughout my entire life was if somebody said something I disagreed with, it was like, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove how, which I think is like the motivation for actually for quite a few academics. But in any case, it would be like if I were to see have someone say, well, clearly what is you know the takeaway from this thing you're doing is this, and I'd be like, no, it isn't. That would be very clarifying. Right. Because then I'd be like oh, you think that. And you know what? I know why you think that. Because that's a very common way of thinking about this. And it's wrong. (laughs) Why do I know it's wrong? I know it's wrong because I did a bunch of reading, because I did a bunch of field work, because I did a bunch of thinking, and because I'm coming at it from this other thing. You need me. I, I need to explain to all of you why you're wrong. And boom, suddenly I have a chapter written. So I'm just going to say, because... We exist in the world to provide balance, (laughs) my partner and I. Mm. Uh, As a coach, I don't coach you to go prove why people are wrong. (laughs) I coach you to become confident and and clear in your agenda, in your Mm. banner. Not Mm. that you're right, Mm. but that you have something. And you're the one who told me this years ago. If you want to do a big project, you have to have a banner that says you people need to know this. Mm-hmm. And you people need to know this to me is different than you're wrong and let me show you why. Uh, to I, me, they're the same. You people need to know this because you're clearly ignorant and benighted and I have to save you from... Stop. Stop. <laughs> serious, though. I know, but it's just... <laughs> <laughs> the approach is just so... Oh. Well, I don't know. It, yeah. it's a, anyway. There's a whole bunch of problems with it but anyway <laughs> we don't go into it i feel like a broken record sometimes no, i know feels like look that's just a particular type of thinking this is informed right. by a b and c i don't like the word wrong so right no i know i think that sometimes i want i want grad students in particular to embrace the word right and wrong in a way because generally speaking i i see them as too easily swayed Right. by everybody else's opinions, and be like, well, I thought this is what I thought, but now a bunch of people said that was wrong, so I must be wrong. 
And it's like, and no, just, yeah. it's okay for you to vehemently disagree with other people. Yeah, and I, I guess I would just qualify that, and I know that we've talked about this before, that we talk about graduate students as a monolith, mm-hmm. right? And I don't really want to give um, barely thought out entitled white men any more encouragement to, to take the, you know, that they're right, and mm-hmm. that right so often becomes white and male. Mm-hmm. And so... I guess I want to I want to parse that out to there are graduate students who, based on their subjectivity, are repeatedly undermined and told that their thoughts and their contributions and their um, their observations of the work around them is wrong. Mm-hmm. And those people, absolutely, mm-hmm. like it's okay to say no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. No, you're wrong. And you've mm-hmm. been telling me I'm wrong for my whole education mm-hmm. and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think- like the whole central conflict in the chair that we talked about in the last episode of Yaz saying, no, you're wrong right. about how to best teach Moby Dick. You know, right. is right. it, do we teach it by yellowed tattered lecture notes from the podium or do we bring it alive by all of these other ways? And anyway, well, and now that's just me. I mean, we have to wrap this up, and this mm-hmm. was because we're out of time, and I really just wanted to give people some techniques of trying to be okay with not being good at stuff and mm-hmm. find ways to get better at it mm-hmm. and get unstuck. Yep. Um, but I do, since you brought up the chair, I do have to say that we had dinner with a friend the other night who's an academic, who's in English, and she was very unhappy with the chair. And I asked her why. I said, what did you think of the chair? And she said, do you want to hear my critique? And I said, of course, that's what I meant. And she made this brilliant point that the people that they were casting as the old people sticks sticks in the mud old would have come of age in the sixties and seventies in the seventies yeah. in particular when the field was blowing up uh-huh. and that she felt like it was a setup to do a lot of ageist old people mm-hmm. commentary that was um, for the plot device and didn't really match right. the time frame. It was the, inaccurate it, by twenty years. It was inaccurate by twenty years, and I just thought. Wow, wow, that's something to just put out there as a tag on to our conversation as about soon the chair. As she said it, I said, oh, like, of course, oh, course you're right. I missed it right. altogether. Yeah. Again, which is right. how we can have a whole thing going on right. over here so that our two factions uh-huh. fighting, uh-huh. we missed that, that altogether. Right. So, again, my, like, so, so, anyway, I just wanted to add that. Thanks for playing along. See you next time. Bye. Bye. One last note here. This podcast is made possible every week by the exceptional work of our editor and producer, Stephanie Blair. If you happen to need audiovisual work, be sure you go check out baddieblair.com, B-A-D-D-I-E-B-L-A-I-R.com. And also, I encourage you to check out her phenomenal home decor and apparel designs, and you can check those out at chochochen.com, C-H-O-C-H-O-C-H-E-N.com. As always, Stephanie Blair, we are grateful for your incredible talent. Thank you.